Heard a message. I'm not preaching yet, so don't hold this on me. I'm going to try to be careful with my time this, this morning. But uh went to a pastor's conference and was just so blessed um, this last week. Music speaks to our soul, doesn't it? And I... I got to be in a place where a thousand people sang together, how great thou art, with all their hearts. With a, a choir, my goodness, the, the, the talent that was there anyways, the, the Thrin family was there, there were, other, there were other families that sang. And listen, it's not about talent, by the way. But just to be able to sing and to, 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 to put the words of every song up so you could read them, so there was no confusion to what was being said. As, as Christ was uplifted and God was exalted, I'll, I'll be honest, um, you wouldn't have recognized me. I stood up in the middle of a song and I raised my hands. Uh, that's just, we don't do that up here. What can I tell you? The Bible tells us to. I looked it up. Over 262 times the Bible tells us to praise the Lord. 12 or 14 times the Bible tells us to lift up our hands unto the Lord. So we just don't do that here. I'm just not comfortable doing that here. Well, you better find yourself comfortable because you're going to be around a lot of people if you make it up to heaven that are doing it. Because that's how, listen, we don't get to tell, some, tell God how, to, how he's to be praised. He tells us, right? We're, we're Baptists. We believe we're supposed to do everything the Bible tells us to do, except for, you know, raise your hand. Now, if all you can do is lift up a pinky or, you know, smile once in a while, you know, work your way up to it. I, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to say we should be crazy and running around in circles. There, there was a guy at this conference who got up and ran, ran a lap around one section of the auditorium. I am not looking for that. Um, I don't know what that accomplishes. I know people have done it and people used to do it. Now in South, some people still do it. I don't know exactly how that glorifies God, but I know that we're ought to, we ought to glorify God, amen? That's the first thing that we should do. And it's, it's, it's that glorifying God and that, the, that those songs that we sing. We, we sing good songs. God loves us, amen? Uh, 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 we, it's, uh, think about the work of God and who God is. That, it's that adoration and it's that worship and it's that praise that prepares us for the word of God. Because otherwise, well, it's just me up here talking and I ain't, I ain't worth listening to. Uh, I, I get that. I understand that, and I'm okay with that. I'm thankful that we have a God whose word is worth listening to. And, uh, but it gets us in a heart set, in a mindset that God is worthy of our time. And I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to preach on sometime that, that I've been reading and studying the last, the last couple of days that, about the praise of God. The praise of God and the worship are two different things, and we mix them up together. We, we say it's praise and worship music. Well, one is Raising up your hands is actually what praise means. And the other one is humbling yourself and prostrating yourself before the face of God. And both are needed and uh, both prepare us uh, for, for, for the Lord and, uh, and both are pleasing to him. And, uh, but, uh, and then we're to bless him and that's kneeling. That's in, that's in between when he says bless his holy name. Uh, it's, it's not raising your hands. It's not, it's not prostrating yourself. It's, it's kneeling before the Lord in submission. But may God... May God be honored in all that we do today. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. 
We're going to continue on with our, our study. We have been going through the, 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 the book of Ephesians, and, and it, it has been a blessing to me uh, because we got to read and learn all about God's plan of salvation in chapter 1, that how he planned before, uh, before the worlds were ever created, before uh, he ever said, let there be light, uh, his plan was that Jesus was going to die on the cross for us. Revelation tells us that it was before the foundations of the, the, the world were laid that, that he was slain. I, I am thankful that God had prepared that and, and, and that he, his desire is to save each and every one of us. We talked about uh, how it was through Jesus Christ and the working of the Holy Spirit uh, in, in our lives. Uh, that's uh, how the work was done. Uh, uh, we talked about the, the, what exactly that means for us in chapter 2, uh, how we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That's what we used to be. Uh, but now we're made alive through Jesus Christ, uh, that we are made to be accepted, that we uh, are made to be the praise of his glory, that, he, that we are uh, his workmanship uh, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Uh, that's all in chapter 2. Chapter 3 uh, reveals a little bit about, uh, the, uh, about the, uh, uh, some mysteries, uh, the, the, the work of the church, how through Christ we are made nigh, not just uh, to one another uh, as a Jew and Gentile, but also uh, unto God through the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, I, again, thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that makes that all possible. Uh, uh, we, 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 we're one body, and there's one, one member. We talk about that here at the beginning of chapter 4. Uh, there's this unique calling for every child of God. If you're saved, God has called you to walk worthy of the vocation with which you're called. Uh, we're to walk worthy of the calling uh, of our salvation. And if you're, if you're saved this morning, raise your hand. God has called you to walk worthy. Well, what does that mean? It means that we are to, to live our lives and, 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 and uh, we're to uh, purport or, 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 or act according to uh, what God would say is worthy. We're to act appropriately uh, uh, of the calling God's called us to. Uh, we looked at the, the verses three, 3 through, I think, verse 5, and we looked at the unifying concept of there's one Lord, one God, one, one faith, one baptism, one Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. And I'm thankful there are some things that unite us. Uh, uh, listen, we're all different people. We come from different backgrounds, different histories. Uh, uh, some of us uh, come from, uh, I, actually, I don't know any of us that come from wealthy backgrounds. Maybe some of you come from wealthy backgrounds. Uh, maybe you come from the wrong side of the tracks. Guess what? We can be at the same place at the same time and still have something uniting us. And it's not our bank accounts. It's our Savior, amen? It's our Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that God's put in, into us. We can come from, from uh, I came from, uh, I was a church kid. I'd never gotten in any trouble. Maybe you got yourself in all kinds of trouble. That would be my wife. And guess what? God, as you can see, God can put those two things together, amen? And God unites us through Jesus Christ, through the work of God, through our salvation, through the blood. We're made nigh together and, uh, and brought nigh unto him. There are those things that unite us, but those things that unite us also separate us from the rest of the world. There is not many ways to heaven. There is one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't get to heaven because you belong to any church, not just our church, any church. It's not about going to church. You get to heaven because your faith is in Jesus Christ. And if you deny his sovereignty, if you, de if you, de if you deny his, 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 uh, his deity and say that he, that he was not God, that he is not God, then guess what? You've rejected the, the truth of the word of God and you're not saved. And I say that because there are, there are many false uh, teachers out there and false doctrines that even today uh, that will tell you that, well, he, was just, uh, he, he didn't uh, come into existence until the birth of Jesus. 
That's when he came along. But John 1 tells us what? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later on in verse 14, think it's 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, who would that be? Jesus, amen, that's right. So, so we're united in Christ, he saves us, and he's, he's working in us there. Those things that unite us also separate us from those who are lost. Now that doesn't mean we should ignore them, by the way. It means we need to reach out and tell them. The gospel isn't just for you and for me. It's not for those that just look like us and act like us. The gospel is for everybody. I praise God for that. I hope you do too. So going on uh, there in chapter 4, uh, just uh, real quickly, uh, there are some gifts that were given to the church. Uh, we see that, at the, uh, see that in verse 7, but unto everyone is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. God has given us all grace, and it's all given according to the measure of Christ. Anything good that is in you, anything that has changed in you, uh, anything that you become is not because of your your talent or your ability or your background or anything that you do or, or that you have. It's, it's what's been given to you uh, by the grace of Jesus Christ, God working in you. Not only did he save you, but he's now working in you to make you more and more like Jesus Christ. This, is, this, this whole idea of salvation uh, so that I can go to heaven is only a, a minute portion of what salvation really is. Salvation is the, the, the inheritance that we receive is not for just a ticket out of hell or a get out of hell free card. It is, it is a, the change that takes place in us as we become more and more like Jesus Christ and we get to worship him in heaven for all eternity. Going on in chapter 4, uh, not only did he give us grace, but he gave, he gave the church apostles and pastors and teachers and evangelists and prophets. And we talked about those different gifts. Some of those gifts, the apostles and prophets, were given to the early church for the, for the ordinance of the church, for the organizing and the protection of the church, the guiding of the church. And, 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 and now uh, Paul was the last apostle. There are no more apostles. When Paul died, the last apostle died, or, or when John died. I'm not sure which one died first, honestly. Um, Come to think of it, but whichever one died last, John, John, or or Paul, they were the last apostle uh, alive. I believe it was John actually that died last. But uh, uh, but uh, so there are no more of those, and they were there for a specific point in time and for a purpose, and that was the, the organization of the church. But God also gave evangelists, which are those who preach and teach uh, the the gospel and plant churches, and uh, Paul was one of those. And he also gave uh, pastors pastors and teachers uh, for a specific purpose, and that purpose was for the edification of the church so that the people understood what it was they're supposed to believe. We talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning. We were going over specific, we we, we were talking about the doctrine of the Trinity. Why is it important to understand the doctrine of the Trinity? It's vital for our salvation. Do you know why? Now, you, not, not to say that you're going to completely understand it or grasp it, but if you deny that Jesus is God, then guess what? You're out of luck. Now, now you say not out, not out of luck. It isn't luck. You made the wrong choice. Because the Bible teaches what? That he's God. All right? And the Bible tells us in Colossians that, that, that by him uh, all things were created. If, well, he was there at creation, then... And he prayed, when he prayed in John 17, he said, return me unto the glory that I had before. What? What's he talking about? Going back up into heaven where he was before he came to this earth because he's God. Uh, there, and so the important reason why we talk about these doctrines, why they're taught, just like 
Today, they should be taught just like they were in Acts chapter 2 when the church first got saved. In verse 43, it says, The day the gladly received the word were baptized. They were added unto, the, were added unto them uh, that day, 3,000 people into the church. And it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Doctrine's important. Because if we don't have doctrine, then we have nothing to ground ourselves with. And the Bible says uh, the danger of that is that we remain immature as children. And this is what we covered last week. That we remain immature as children being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Have you ever been on, 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 a, on a boat or ever been in a place that was so windy that just wherever the wind uh, blew it took you? One of my favorite videos is, is of, of Ezra, and, and my wife My wife took it. Um, uh, he, he just goes, oh, he knows what I'm talking about. It's a, uh, he was about three years old, and uh, he had an umbrella, and he was, carried, he was so proud of this umbrella. He loved this umbrella. I don't know where he got it from. I don't know what it was, but he walked outside, and the wind came, and it ripped that thing right out of his hands and blew it, and he's like, and my wife's like, he goes, it's not nice. It's the cutest video. Some, ask my wife, she'll show you. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Just the way he was talking and what he said. Because he's, he's always been a funny kid anyways. And, uh, but he was upset because the wind blew his, his umbrella away. Well, listen, the wind, can, the wind of doctrine can blow us around. There are all kinds of false teachers out there that will, that, listen, they're not, the Bible says that they are by slight, by slight. They're trying to fool you. They're trying to trick you. Listen, this prosperity gospel, that stuff's a mess. You know what they're trying to get? They're not trying to get uh, people saved. What they're trying to get is money in their pockets. If you have some preacher tell you that if you send a certain amount of money, he'll pray for you, I'm sorry, but that man deserves what he's going to get one day. He's going to have to stand, he's going to stand before God and, and, and answer for what he did. And listen, I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. It isn't about making money off of the people. We're to be aware or be wary and, and watch out for those people. Listen, there are the others that teach false doctrine as in that Jesus isn't God. Or, and listen, there's a lot of false doctrine out there. And if you don't know what the Bible says, then your chances are you're going to get caught up in it and get confused. A lot of, there are a lot of Baptists, people that got saved but not discipled, that ended up being Jehovah Witnesses. Mormons. So why is that? They're good people. They're nice people. But there's a big difference between us and them. I, had a, I worked with a, a Jehovah Witness one day, and he was, it was talking to him, and, and he was saying, you know, we're, we're a lot alike. Our, ch our churches are a lot alike. Really talking about the moral stance of, of, of the, the conservative Baptist movement and, and the, the Jehovah Witness movement, both about families. And I said, I said, well, there are some things that we're similar in as far as our standards. But when you start talking doctrine, there's, there's a big, some big differences. And, and he goes, well, it's not really that bad. I said, well, here's one, Jesus. <laughs> and that shut off the conversation right there because we disagree. They believe that Jesus is Satan's brother. I'm sorry, the Bible does not teach that. They don't believe. Uh, they don't believe that he was God. They believe he was made into a God. Hey, listen, hey, hey, so you can get caught up in that false doctrine, and they'll take the same King James Bible that you have in your hands right now, and they'll twist and they'll purport uh, verses, and they'll fool you into thinking, and uh, because and, and you'll, 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 they'll teach you, and instead of going through the context and all those things, you'll you'll just repeat what they have to say. If you ever talk to some of them at your door, uh, they're trained in what to say and what verses to go to. And listen, you be very careful. 
it will, it will trick you. It will pull you away from the gospel. So the whole reason why God gave us the pastors and the teachers, the whole reason that God gave us the word of God is so that we can be grounded, so we can stand firm in the word and know what the word of God says, not what some pastor says. So it's my job to feed you. That's what we're doing here right now, is we're going through verse by verse. And listen, there are different styles and different, and as long as a preacher is, is preaching the truth of the word of God, according to the word of God, listen, that, praise God for whatever way it's being preached. But, but it's important that it's the word of God preached and not what I think is preached. I'll be honest, I, I thank God for the word because I would have nothing else to say. I'd get up here and be like, um, y'all look good. You, you guys might like it, actually. The, the, the message would be much shorter. <laughs> Y'all would get out of here fast. Uh, some people said, amen. Don't do that. No, don't do that. So it's important to be grounded in the word of God. And that's what we see there at the end of there. It's what we talked about last week. And we finished up in verse uh, verse 14, 15, and 16, and just touched it. But they're, they're waiting to deceive you, according to verse 14, those, those false teachers. But it says, but speaking the truth in love, and that truth is doctrine. Uh, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. Grow up into who? Jesus. Becoming more and more mature uh, like Christ, allowing the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God to renovate the inside of me and make me more and more like him. From which, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and completed, uh, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body and the edifying of itself in love. It's a whole lot of words. And what it means is this, that we are to, that we as a church, because of the doctrine, because of the truth, because of what God has placed in us, we are knit together. And we are not to grow apart, but we're to grow in Christ together. Remember in Ephesians chapter 5, it says that Christ is going to present the church unto himself, having been washed and regenerated by the word. We are to grow together. Now, and again, we're all at different levels of our, of, our, of, our, of our walk. I understand that. Some have been saved for a short period of time. Some have been saved for longer than I've been alive. And praise the Lord for all of you. Right? It's good. Uh, but uh, there's, we, we need that constant forward growth. All right. Now, so you haven't preached yet? No, I'll just remind you what we talked about last time. Last time. Today, our, our passage is found in verse 17 through 22. Let's pray real quick before we get into the word. God, I, I thank you, Lord, for your love. I thank you for your word and what it does for us. And God, I'm, I'm asking for. A, an anointing of the Spirit, an unction, Father, that I might be able to deliver these truths. Lord, uh, not in my ability. Your word says it's by your power. Lord, it's by your word. God, I pray that you would have your way with us. Help us to understand these things. Lord, help us not just to understand, but help us to then apply these truths to our lives. And Lord, may, may you be glorified in all that's done and said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. It's, it, uh, and then it says in verse 20, but ye have not so learned 
Christ. We, we, we find here in this, these, these few verses, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to cover them all quickly, uh, and, and I promise to try. Uh, my goal is, listen, it's not in the length, of my, uh, the length of the message, it's in the content of the message. And I don't want to give you so much that you can't absorb anything either, okay? So I, I really am going to try to, to, to get, to get the, this, these truths across. But, but Paul here is saying, listen, this is what God has saved you from. This is how God is changing you. This is what God is doing, and this is the, the doctrine of the truth to help you to mature and to grow. As, as the children of God and as the church to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And in verse 17 he says, says this I say therefore. When you see the word therefore, you have to understand what it's there for. It's there pointing back to those verses before. He said, because of all of what I just said, now we move forward. Because of those things, he says the word henceforth. It says ye henceforth. What does the word henceforth mean? It means from this point on. I mean, whatever you're doing now, I want you to stop. Now, he says, there's a, there's a problem. And this is the, the problem that Paul is addressing here. You, you say that God has saved you. You say that, 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 that you believe that the, that the Spirit of God is working in you and changing you and you're, that you're to be maturing and that you're to be growing and becoming, to become more and more like Jesus Christ, but you're still living like you're lost. You're still living and still walking the way that you once walked. It says there in verse 17, uh, read it again, it says, For this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. He said, listen, as God as is my witness, this is what I see. You say you're saved, but you're living like you're not. You, you purport yourself to be a Christian, but you act like the lost, like the world, what God saved you from. And it's time to stop. Henceforth. As God is my witness, the Lord, as he testifies, that he henceforth walk, not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. I want you to notice this previous walk. He says, listen, this is the way the Gentiles walk. Who are the Gentiles? Listen, there's nothing wrong with being a Gentile. We're all Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. You're a Gentile. Unless you've got Jewish heritage, you're a Gentile. But he's talking about the Gentiles who are without God. They're without Christ. And he says, listen, he goes, this is how they walk. He says, they walk in the vanity of their minds. I was like, oh, va- vanity, that's pride, right? No, no. The, 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 I won't get into it. The, 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 Greek word, or the, the Greek word means the moral depravity. They are walking in the moral depravity of their minds. Remember, they're lost. They're not saved. Their minds are depraved. Their minds are wicked. Their minds are evil. Hey, listen, so were you. <laughs> if you're saved, that's where you used to be. But you're not there anymore. Praise God, God saved you. But it's just, this is how they walk. Their minds are morally depraved. It, 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 it boggles my mind the, the, the evil that can be and, and, and the twistedness in people's minds that you wouldn't know about. You get into the depths of the internet, and it, it, there's some scary stuff out there. We talk about child pornography. You talk about you talk about the uh, human human trafficking, and, and listen, there is some wickedness out in this world, and it's all hidden right here. I once heard say that the Adolf Hitler was the worst human being that ever lived. Here's the problem with that. If it weren't for your salvation, you could be in the same place as Adolf Hitler. So, well, I'm not that bad. I haven't killed six million Jews. 
Doesn't matter if you kill a single one. It has to do with the depravity of your mind. See, the problem is, when we look at somebody, we can't see their mind. You all look like nice people. Ted Bundy looked like a nice person, too. Just because that's, that's how he got so many of his victims. He was a good-looking guy. He could, he could flirt with those young ladies and, and, and get, him, get him in his car, and then you'd never see him again. Why? Because of the depravity of his mind isn't necessarily seen on the outside of us. I think we'd be surprised just how far we would go if put in that position. You look at some of these, these, those, those people that worked uh, in the, the concentration camps uh, back during, during World War II, the, the death camps. How could they do those things? Because they were ordered to? They, they, they justified it that way. It all had to do with the depravity of their mind. Listen, our, we, we, and I, I love our soldiers, and I'm not trying to degrade our soldiers at all. understand this. But, but there are soldiers that, in war that do some very depraved things. Why? It all comes from the depravity, sinfulness of our mind. The Bible says that, uh, listen, they, they, people tell you to, to follow your heart. Let your conscience be your guide. Can I tell you that that will only get you in trouble? The Bible says that your heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? That, that, that heart is wicked. It is sinful. The Bible says that in Romans chapter 1 that, uh, that, that God reveals himself to us in all nature. And because mankind rejected it, that he darkened our minds. Darkened our eyes, and that He gave us over to our, our own our lasciviousness, our own our own wild our own pleasures, our own our own lust. And listen, man has gone to the far end of the spectrum. Back in Genesis chapter eight, only eight chapters after after God gave Adam and Eve uh, the, the commandment not to eat the, the tree of good and evil. Uh, seven chapters, uh, mind you, uh, it, it says that man did equally in his heart, or thought equally evilly in his heart, all the time. Why? Because of the depravity of our minds. They had their, 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 mind, their mindset is morally depraved. It's darkened. What do I mean by darkened? They, they, they've rejected God, and God has turned them over to that. Uh, they don't see him. They're not able to understand uh, the word, uh, who he is or the truth that he has for them. Look with me at Romans chapter Romans chapter 1, those that were in our Sunday class, just we just read this. It says there in verse, verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Notice that. What, what they can know about God, it's manifest or made known in them, for God hath showed it unto them. God has revealed his existence uh, to all mankind. That's why the Bible says uh, that, uh, that uh, they're, they're without excuse in the next verse. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Uh, through creation, God reveals himself to us. Uh, we see the organization and the order and the, the physical law. Listen, it reveals to us that it didn't just happen. Uh, uh, anybody got a watch that they let me uh, put in a bag and stomp on so it comes apart in pieces? What we're going to do is I'll shake it together, and it'll just come back into place, right? Anybody willing to part with their watch? No? Change? Yeah. I, I understand, because guess what? After I shake it, it's still going to be in, in pieces. It took somebody to, have you ever seen how they put together a watch? All those, I can't do it. I, they, they got those special glasses, and it's so many little pieces. Why? Because all those little pieces need to be there to function. Guess what? God wrote on your DNA 
smaller than anybody else could see in, in a way that you look back and say, it didn't, it, there's no way that it just happened. It makes more sense. It takes less faith to believe that God created it specifically to have DNA. God has revealed himself to the whole world, and, and yet they, they deny there in Romans chapter 1. And, but look, let's continue on there, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was, what's the word? Darkened. God put a shade over their eyes. He says, he says here I am. And they said, we'd rather worship the trees, the creation, than the creator. And God said, see, that's how the Gentiles walk. They, they walk in, in, in darkness. They're not able to see the truth. That's why the Bible says that the preaching of the cross is foolish to those that are lost. Paul says that if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. First Corinthians chapter, uh, First Corinthians chapter two or three says that uh, that, that the, the carnal man, the, the 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 earthly man, the unsaved man, uh, cannot uh, see and understand spiritual things because he doesn't have the spirit of God within him to reveal those spiritual things. And so they're walking around, and they're morally depraved, their mindset, they're, they're they're darker, they're blinded, they they can't see the uh, what's the, the truth right in front of their face. They're disaffected. Back in Ephesians chapter 4, it says in verse 17, this is, say therefore, uh, verse uh, eight, uh, 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. They're alienated. Have you ever been alienated? What, what's it feel like to be alienated? It means you're set aside, you're set apart, and you don't get to be a part of the party. You're the only, you're the last kid to get picked to play dodgeball uh, growing up. And you're the last one to pick to play basketball. Nobody wants you on their team. That is, well, these, these, these people, they are alienated from, from, from what God has for them, the life that God had chose for them. They have been set aside. They have been cast aside. Why? Because they rejected him. So here they are, they're morally depraved, they're, 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 their eyes are darkened, they're, 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 they're missing out on all that God would have for them. And they think they're okay. They think they're, they're happy with it. And the truth is, the next verse tells us that they do it in their ignorance. They, 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 they're, they're deceived. They think... There is a large portion of the 7 billion people on this earth today, they think that, 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 that they're okay where they're at. Most people aren't saved. Most pe look, at, look at our country. Now, there's a time in our country where most people went to church. It doesn't mean that all of them were saved. I don't know which ones were and which ones were. Not for me to know. We'll find when we get to heaven. But I can tell you that there is a, a growing number of people, even young people or people that were in the church, who have been deceived by the lies of the devil. And they're missing out on the life that God would have for them because they're walking around in their depraved, darkened minds, unable to see the truth. Think about family and friends that you know that are without Christ. They, 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 they can't see the truth of what God has for them. They, they, they can read the Bible and, and not understand any of it and say it's just a bunch of, uh, of lies or a bunch of fairy tales. And, and listen, I, I've heard it from friends and coworkers. Oh, there's just some, you know, uh, you know what do you believe in, some you know, spaghetti monster in the sky? No, I believe in the creator of all 
heaven and earth. The one who loved me so much to send his, his son to die on the cross to pay for my sin. That, that's, that's who I believe in, but they don't see that because they're, 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 they're deceived. But not only are they deceived, not only are they uh, disaffected, not only are they darkened and, 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 and depraved, the Bible says that they're desensitized. There in verse 18, it says that uh, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Now that word blindness doesn't mean that their heart can't see. It means their heart is hard. That's the word, the word is hardness. Now there's a whole lot about the hardness of, of, of the hearts in, in uh, the Old Testament. Psalms chapter 95 verse 8. Um, Psalms 28 verse 14. Mark chapter 8 verse 5. The Pharisees, the hardness of their heart. Let's just, we're just going to look at one verse. Look at Romans chapter 2 verse 5. I apologize if it takes me a little while to turn and my pages all stick together in the New Bible. Romans chapter 2, verse 5 says this, But after the, thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The hardness and impenitent heart, that word hardness is, is the same word, the same Greek word there that they, that they take the word um, blindness here. So what does that mean? So not only do they not see the truth and they're desensitized, or not only uh, are they ignorant and of all those things because they can't see the truth and they're walking in depravity and, and, and just, just their mindset is all off. The Bible says that their heart is hard. Why? Anybody ever get a callus? What comes before the callus? A blister. I hate blisters. My fingers. Uh, when I first started playing, uh, my, my, it's not a ukulele, Brother Dan. It's a tenor guitar. Makes me feel better. <clears throat> it's a four. It's a four string. It's a small four string instrument, but it is actually a tenor guitar. Anyways, uh, it's the, the, what's different about it is it's tuning and the, it's metal or steel strings versus the little plastic strings on the ukulele, which sound kind of twangy and kind of funny. When I started playing that versus the ukuleles. It's a whole lot harder on my fingers. If you ever played the guitar, you know it hurts. If you see somebody who plays the guitar a lot, you'll look at their fingers, and they'll, they'll just have an indent, and their fingertips are hard, right? It, can be, it becomes tender the more you do it, and, and it gets, you get blisters on them, and it hurts until something happens. I don't know, somewhere around the second or third week, it doesn't hurt so much anymore, and the, the skin uh, it feels dry at the tip, and, and uh, it's just feels almost dead, like the, there's no nerve endings on the tip of your fingers. You know why? Because you've grown a callus. Well, that's what it's talking about here. See, what happened was that God revealed himself to them. They, they rejected they, re, they, they rejected out, out of their own vanity, out of their own, their own minds and their own sinfulness. They rejected him, and he darkened their minds. They, 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 they can't see the truth. They, they're ignorant of the truth. They're, they're missing out on all that God has for them. They're, and they're, 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 their heart is, 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 is desensitized. It's, it, it no longer re responds to the, 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 the rubbing of the Holy Spirit. Because listen, when the Holy Spirit is poking at you, it can prod you to move to do something. What did Jesus tell Paul? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. What's he talking about? Paul wasn't kicking any pricks. He's talking about how 
Christ was working in his heart. And he knew that Jesus was real. He knew that, he knew that, that Jesus died for his sins. And, and, and listen, he finally came, he came to an understanding that all his righteousness, all his pedigree, all the good things he had ever done was really worthless, and he wasn't going to get to heaven on his own. And he placed his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who died for his sins. Why? Because the Holy Spirit pricked his heart. What happens when you get pricked and you say no? It's like playing the guitar for the first time. Ah, oh, that hurt. But I'll keep playing. Boy, spirit keeps poking. Eventually, you stop feeling it. And that's what that's what that's the mindset here that he has. This these 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 Gentiles, uh, they're they're depraved, they're darkened, they're disaffected, uh, they're they're shut out from what God had, would have for them. They're deceived, they're ignorant uh, of the truth, they're desensitized to the to the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and and all of that causes them to be motivated by not the Spirit but the flesh. And you see that here in the next verse. It says, "Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness." To work all uncleanness with greediness. Lasciviousness is not just talking about sexual sin. It's talking about uncontrolled lusts. Now you can have uncontrolled lust for sexual sins, but you can also have uncontrolled lust and gluttony. You can have uncontrolled... What it pretty much means is, I want it, and I want it now. If it feels good, do it. Have you ever heard that? Nike, just do it. There's this, this idea in the world today that, that that's how we should live our lives. That's how the world does live their life. That's why you don't need to wait till marriage for sex. Yeah, uh, yes, it's, it's, it, it, it feels good. You can't buy a car unless you test drive it first. Uh, how many morons I heard say that? I was probably one of those morons too once upon a time. What is it? It's, I desire it, so I want it. What is that? That's the way the Gentiles, that's the way the lost, that's, that's how they think. Because they're in their depraved mind. Listen, they might let some things hold them back. But it doesn't mean that they couldn't get to, it's like the speed limit. Right? There's, there is a, a speed limit on the road. How many of you all follow the speed limit? I gotta put my hand down. I don't mean just once in a while. I mean all the time. I don't. Now I'm not trying to preach against speeding, uh, uh, but uh, the, the the idea is is this. I like to drive fast. I like to drive really fast. I I I once had a Subaru Outback Impreza at 120 miles an hour. That thing was shaking like it was crazy. If the person in the passenger seat didn't think so, but I was having a great time. I used to drive really fast all the time in the ambulance. Want to get lunch? Flip on the siren. Run! Okay, we didn't do that. But we drove fast all the time. I would drive fast eating, eating McDonald's on the way to a car. If people knew what we did in those, in those ambulances, I wouldn't still have a job. I, I don't have a job there anymore, but they would never, they wouldn't have kept me. Uh, uh, why? Uh, because, because there's something in us that, that feels good, just do it. But the, uh, things hold us back, like the governor on the ambulance. Or sometimes the thought that there's a cop around the next corner might cause us to slow down a little bit. 
How many, how many times do you see a cop when you're driving and you instantly slam on the brakes, even if you're going the speed limit? Gut check. Ugh, ugh. I don't know how many times I saw that on the way back from New Jersey. Why do we do that? Because we want to do what we want to do, but we don't want to get in trouble over it. There's something that holds us back. But if, we, but if there was no holds barred, if there was nothing there, how fast would I be going on, on 95? 95 would not be the name of the interstate. It would be the speed limit, right? We'd all be going as fast as we could because there'd be nothing to hold us back. But if we do that with our morally depraved mind, where does that take us? What would we do if we thought that there were no consequences and nobody else would find out and nobody would know that we were doing it? It happens on your phones and when you're on social media. The percentage of, of Christians and even pastors that are into pornography and the filth and the wickedness that can be found on, the, uh, uh, on, 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 on a phone. Listen, it's, it's terrifying. It's saddening. But, that, but that's normal for the world. I, I watched the thing, as was, it was uh, when, when to introduce, uh, it was uh, talking about when to give your kids a, uh, a cell phone. This is when you're comfortable with them having access to pornography. Why? Because they're smarter than you, and no matter what kind of blocker you put on the, your phone, that phone, they're going to figure it out. My wife has my son do, fix her phone for her because she, she doesn't know how to work it. He's 10! So no, they will not have a cell phone until they can pay for it themselves. And even then, I'm going to be checking on them regularly until they're, why? Because we need to protect their hearts and minds. But, but these Gentiles, that's how they were walking. He says, he says this, is how, this is how the Gentiles walk. The morally depraved, their, their mindset is depraved, dark, and disaffected, deceived, uh, disinterested. And, and it causes them to, to have uncontrolled lusts. Not necessarily when mom and dad are around, or not necessarily when, you're, when, when you're, your boss is in the, in the office, or even your coworkers in the office, but, but when nobody else is around and you're all by yourself, it's called what we call integrity. Doing the right thing all the time, they don't have it. Because when nobody else will know, your lust will take you places you'd never imagine. Uncontrolled lust, shamelessness. This is another, this is another, uh, another aspect here. We, we see it there. Verse 18, verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over lasciviousness to work on all uncleanness with greediness. Lasciviousness also means shamelessness. It means when we're not ashamed of our sin. We live in a world that now celebrates our sin. Be who you are, what you want to be. We're not afraid. Uh, uh, teenagers, they're not hiding things from their parents and, because, hey, we all did it, right? No, it's shameful. The Bible says that we shouldn't even, uh, the, the Bible says that we're not even to talk of those things or joke of those things as Christians. And, and disrespect, we, just, we, we see that in the day that we have. And, uh, so this, this mindset brings about these motivations. We're controlled by our lusts our lack of shame and our disrespect for the law of God. But that brings about the actual deeds. It says there in verse 18 and 19. It says verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Their lasciviousness is theirs, or uncleanness is the morally impure. That the things that they do are morally impure. So, well, who's to say what's right, what's wrong? God. 
put it that way. It isn't for you to say. It isn't for society to say. It's for God to tell us what's right and what's wrong. He's the creator of all the universe. And he tells us that there are many things that this world not just does in secret, but does in the open and celebrates that is morally impure. Lying, swearing, stealing. If we go on into the chapter, we'll find a whole lot of stuff. We don't have time for that this morning. We'll, we may get to it this afternoon. I don't know. But it's morally impure. Their deeds are morally impure. That's how they walk. And it says without greediness. What does that mean? They're never satisfied. It's never enough. You know what's funny about millionaires? They want more money. You know what's funny about trillionaires? They want more money. You know, there's, uh, 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 there's never a time when somebody has gotten enough stuff. There's never a time when, uh, uh, look at these, these, these addicts, the people that get sucked into to cocaine and, and meth. And listen, it gets to a point where you have to have more and more. You're, you're never satisfied. Listen, and whether, it's, whether it's anger or malice or, or, or whether it's a, uh, this, a desire to have more, whether it's rage, uh, uh, more violence, more, uh, more sex, more all of these things that are wicked and evil and, and I'm impure in the eyes of God, but they just want more because guess what? It's never, ever enough. And it will never, ever be enough. Because that's, that's what comes from having unbridled lust. Because once you have gotten what you wanted, it isn't what you thought it was, and it isn't as good as you thought it was, and you want more. Or you want something else. The previous walk of the Gentile. Now remember, we started out saying he, uh, that Paul said, "This is what you were, uh, this, or this is what uh, this is the way the Gentiles walk, and from henceforth don't walk this way anymore." Uh, I want you to note, notice uh, uh, one last verse, and we're going to end here with this verse nineteen or verse twenty. But ye have not so learned Christ. He says, this is the way the lost live, and this is the way, this is what they do, this is what motivates them, and this is how they think and why they think this way. And, and later on, he says, this is what you once were, but we aren't that anymore. If you're saved, you've learned something different from Jesus Christ. Remember we talked about it, that we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, but God, who was rich in mercy, forgave us, and through Christ saved us, and, and he's changing us, making us more and more like Jesus Christ. The problem, the problem that we have today is the same problem that Paul saw there. He said, from this point on, you're not to walk this way anymore. Can I say that? That's who you were. Listen, I'm not spying on your social media. I'm not, I'm not checking to see if, uh, if you belong to any pornographic sites. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, listening to what you say and comparing it to with what you said last week to see if you lied about something. I'm, I'm not uh, coming to check to see uh, how, uh, how you live. I, I, but, but let me tell you, if you, you in, in this afternoon we're talking about putting on the new man. If you just put on the new man for Sunday and you put on the old man for Monday through Saturday, there's a problem. That's not how you learned. Well, that's not what you learned about Jesus Christ. See, what you learned about Jesus Christ, that his blood had the power to save. Amen? That his blood covers your sins. 
And that the Spirit of God and the Word of God can transform you by the renewing of your mind. Listen, we don't have to live that way anymore. And every day that we do is because we choose to. Because there's victory in Jesus Christ. We sang it this morning. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Do you live it? Listen, this isn't just for, uh, for mature Christians or young Christians. This is for all of us. What is your walk today? Paul, Paul breaks it down, and my, my guess is it's going to be probably next week that we get into it or, or Wednesday. But Paul breaks it down. If you lied, don't lie anymore. If you stole, hey, stop stealing and work hard and give what you make to somebody else. It's, it's this complete change in your mindset because, listen, your mind isn't depraved anymore. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You don't have to walk around with blinders on. You see the truth of the gospel. You see what God did for you. You don't have to be morally depraved. You don't have to be, you're, you're, you're not uh, alienated from the things. Listen, you're right in the midst of the things. If you're saved, you're right in the midst of the things God has for you. He is, he is working in you and desires to change you. So stop the misdeeds. Stop letting your, your desires and your, your lust lead you. Start living with integrity. Start letting the Spirit of God live in you. Colossians says that the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Don't live like they do. Don't live like the world. We're already separated by our doctrine. We should also be separate with our life. Our lifestyle should be different. It shouldn't be about our careers. Our lifestyle should not be about our hobbies. Our lifestyle, should, as, a, as a firefighter, uh, that was, uh, I was, I was one of the uh, weird ones. Because everybody that worked at Gardner Fire Department when I got hired there, they were lifers. That's, what, what I mean by that is, and they lived, breathed, and ate fire department. And eating fire department did not taste very good. <laughs> Didn't smell very good either. What, what do we, that, that, was, that was their life. Married men with, 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 uh, with sons and daughters who they ignored. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not saying all of them, but, but listen, uh, that, that was their life. Listen, your career should not be your life. It doesn't matter whether you're, uh, it's a professional like firefighting or being a police officer or a paramedic or, or whether your job works in some office somewhere or, or you're trying to go up the corporate ladder. That's not to be your life. You know what, what, do you know what is to be your life? God's calling on your life. God has a calling for each and every one of us. I don't know what your calling is. If you're saved here today, I, I can't tell you what God's call is on your life. But your, 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 your job as a child of God is to find that calling and follow it. Not follow your own desires and lusts. It, 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 it almost seems like people think you're asking too much to say give your life to Christ. 
well, I'm saved. No, 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 no. Yes, praise the Lord, you're saved. Good, that's a, that's, a, that's a great first step. God wants you your whole life. He wants you to be willing to do whatever he wants you to go do and go wherever he wants you to go. But I want to do this. I wanted to be a paramedic. Now, I'm not saying this stuff. That, I'm not trying to, to build myself up. To understand this, okay? I, when I got my paramedic license, uh, listen, I got it for two reasons. One, um, I just finished Bible college, and I did not want uh, to, to, to go and serve the Lord. Uh, so I got my paramedic license. The other reason I got it was because my dad told me that I couldn't stand the sight of blood, and he didn't think I could do it. And I said, oh, yeah, watch this. And I did it, and I was good at it. I'm not, again, I'm not saying I was the best out there, but I was good at my job. I loved it. I, I, gave, I gave hours every week, and I don't mean 40 hours. There was a period of time where me and one other employee uh, kept Delta afloat. Uh, Delta was a place I used to work. I would work 100-plus hours, and he would work 100-plus hours, and, and we would keep the Augusta base, which would just be the two of us, maybe one other person, afloat. If we weren't there, they would have folded, at least this, this one section. Why? Because we gave our lives to it. But that is not who I am. I used to introduce myself. Hi, my name is Rob. I'm the, a paramedic with, or a firefighter with, that's what I used to say. I am not that anymore. I'm a child of God. And no, I don't walk around saying, hi, I'm the pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. That would just, it's not about a position. I'm God's child, and I, I'm called to serve him. And you may not be called to be a pastor. And maybe God will call you to be a plumber, or to work in an office as a secretary, or to, to do whatever, maybe to, to, to teach kids about science up in the woods. I don't know how you do it. But maybe that's God's calling on your life. If that's it, do it. But do it for the glory of God and do it in a way that you're walking worthy, that you're not letting your desires lead and guide you. Because just like Paul said, that's not what you've learned. Christ. Christ saved you for so much more. Those are eyes bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this day. God, I, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would take it, use it, and uh, Lord, touch our hearts with it, uh, that we would walk out of here uh, encouraged that we're not what we used to be. God, I am so thankful that I'm not what I used to be, that you've changed me, that you've saved me, and all those things that I used to be in the past are forgiven and forgotten according to your word. But God, help me also to realize that in this new life that I've been given, that I no longer have to walk the way that I used to walk, Lord, that I, that I can walk in accordance with the principles and the truths of your word, Lord, as your spirit works in me. I pray that you just take the rest of this time, Lord, of this, of this invitation, that you would be glorified and that you would be honored. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.